This week, we are joined by Michael Ng, who currently resides in Los Angeles, California. Michael owns and operates his own private bartending company named Behind the Glass Bartending. We talk with Michael about the challenges of standing out in a crowded market when running your own business, the significance of social media and online reviews, and placing a high importance on video when attracting new clientele. We also cover the value of experimentation when creating new cocktails and drinks in order to help expand your knowledge and skills. Make sure you check him out on Instagram at btgbartending or his website btgbartending.com. You can also find those links to his sites in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Industry Podcast. Uh, my name is Kip Saunders. I'm the host. And with me, as always, the brains behind the operation... Dr. Dan Soretta, how's it going? <laughs> what about the brains? I'm doing well, thanks. Yourself? I'm uh, okay, yeah, living that lockdown life. Yes, yeah, so good times it is, good times. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so if you are enjoying what you're hearing on the Industry Podcast, as I'm sure you are, the best way you can help us is to subscribe, rate, and review. You can DM us at the Industry Podcast if you would like to be on the show. And um, a shout out as always to Hatzak Canada Design for all the great artwork that he does for us. And uh, as usual, we have a great guest for you this week, so we should just get right to it. That is a um, good yeah. idea. Thanks, man. I came up with it myself. You're fucking right. Uh, <laughs> all right, coming to us straight from Los Angeles, we have Michael Ng. How's it going today, Michael? Fantastic. I, I think as well as I could be during this yeah. kind of weird age. That's it. That's all you can say. It's like, ah, I'm getting by. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I'm sure it's something that gets brought up at the beginning of every podcast. Yeah, we kind of, it's sort of how you get through it. So actually, let's just get that out of the way right now. What's the situation right. in Los Angeles for restaurants, bars? Are you guys in full lockdown? Yeah, uh, right now um, it's uh, been, uh, the, the industry is pretty decimated. Mm -hmm. Um now, I, like even for the, but there are also bars. I feel bad for the bars that don't provide any food because they have no out. Like mm -hmm. if, for the bars that do provide food, they're allowed to do, um, you know, um, the, the pickup and delivery mm -hmm. and takeout. They have some kind of lifeline out there, but for the bars that don't, they have um, they have no recourse but to kind of shut down. Um, I know plenty of bartenders that are out of work trying yeah. to scrape by. We uh, actually is the case in the bar that I own is we don't really do a whole lot of food and uh, ourselves. We we um, sort of uh, have a different restaurant coming in doing the food for us, so sort of outsource it. And uh, mm. now, but they just finally allowed us here in Ontario to do pre-mixed cocktails to go. So that's how yeah. we're trying to get by. We started last weekend, which would have been, or I'm recording this on uh January 11th. So January 9th, we started. So if anyone listening to this, we'll be doing it still. Sugar Run may as well get a, a shameless plug in there. But yeah, cocktails to go and Sugar Run. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like for the places that don't like that don't offer a lot of takeout food, it's it's rough going. Yeah, even uh, you know there are a lot of people that I know that are trying to form their own private business, doing what you do, like doing the pre-made cocktails, mm -hmm. trying to do even delivery. Yeah, and trying to drive around, but that's tough because Oof, I mean like it's pretty big. Yeah, it's big, <laughs> and you got you got to drive around, and and you just don't know. It, it's just it's just difficult to have a lot of product in the hand, and then all the last minute and the drop of the dime, you got to put in an order, and you got to drive out there, and it's been difficult for some of the people who've done limited runs. Mm -hmm. um, Unless you have a dedicated following, it's it's really hard to do. Well, also like the like Dan was saying, the size of Los Angeles, like the the amount of uh, real estate you have to cover. Like now you got to factor in your gas money to the price of the cocktail, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure you make a buck off of it, right? Yeah. Well, I do know one or two who are successful, and um, they have people or regular clients, and they'll say something. It will be like almost like a pop up or like a um, or like a, a food van. Mm -hmm. you know, like a food truck it'll be like hey i'm doing deliveries on this date you know please put in your deliveries and i'll be in this area this day and then everybody's going to put in the order and they yeah bring it out so. so so it's more like confined to a certain smaller area though that makes it a little easier i guess yeah i mean other than that like unless you have a whole fleet which right. is money <laughs> yeah. and time like yeah. i could see that or you already have an infrastructure in place mm -hmm. but i think everybody is just trying to scramble and try to do what they can and trying to piece together um, and jerry-rig things so that they can make money. 
A hundred percent, man. That's what it's all about right now. How like can I bring in any dollars at any point? That's that's the service industry right now. I mean, one thing that I think some people have been doing um, is doing the virtual classes, even from the shutdown bars. Mm-hmm. They've been doing like these virtual online cocktail classes, um, and uh, I. I mean, you know, obviously you can't charge as much, but hey, I mean, it's it's there. And if you have a bar, you might as well use it. That's right. Um, yeah. So. Actually, maybe I should be doing that. Really, I, I, I just wonder how the, um, yeah, exactly what the demand is for. You can't really charge very much, but I guess what the fuck else do I have to do every night? So <laughs> I mean, well, I'll do it. I mean, to give you an idea, like, uh, you know, it, it's difficult for people to charge by the person, but I know some people have been charging by the device. So they'll oh. use like some third-party program and they'll be like, all right, well, they'll charge per account. So you buy online ticket, boom, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could bring as many people as you want there, but this is the way they can keep track without going, hey, I I see three people right. in the video, <laughs> like I'll charge you. And then someone walked by, so I might have to charge <laughs> you. Know, so, yeah. I mean... But it's it's a difficult thing to do because you have to rely on the other person to get the ingredients that you need, right? Um, or some people have been doing um, they've been doing okay. So we have kits available, so they'll put together a kit and they'll they'll put they'll they'll charge for that kit. And then a lot of times people want convenience, so they'll be like, hey, can I buy that kit with the stirring spoon? And you know, and then you'll they'll charge like ten dollars on top of that. And boom, they'll make a little bit of profit. Yeah, and then add the class on top of that, right? Then. Yep log into the class buy a ticket and i'll show you how to put it all together that's not a bad idea yeah some people have been making syrups because it's a lot more stable than buying fresh ingredients so like all right so you need the syrup like i'll pack it in this little vial and i'll ship it out charge a little more money i'll, I'll portion these bitters out i mean people been trying it or dehy i've been doing dehydrated garnishes oh yeah uh-huh you know um and i've been doing like just uh like special kind of special ones i've been you know you see the the pinwheels right and then, um, like, I've been getting, like, little shapes. Like, I I, I was, like, I, I saw, like, you know those little metal uh, taco holders that are, like, triangle-shaped? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So just for a different shape, because all you see are a lot of times the pinwheels for, like, you know, lime or lemon garnishes. Mm-hmm. I've been folding them over and making, like, a little V-shape. With, oh, that's a good idea. So, yeah, and then it it, it's, it's, it adds, like, a really interesting um, way to put it over the the the. the the um the glass the the lip of the glass or i i can i can put i could stuff it with like edible flowers or other garnish and just kind of layer so people have been interested in that like with the few private events that you know my business have been doing Um, yeah talk to me a little bit about that so your your basic your business right now is essentially doing private parties it's uh talk to me let's well let's start talking about like your business in general okay name what it's all about all right well my, the name of my business is called Behind the Glass Bartending. Um, and if you want our most uh, popular um, social media is uh, Instagram. So you can look up BTG Bartending, B is in boy, T is in tiger, G is in George Bartending um, on Instagram. And uh, we are um, a private uh, like bartending service. Um, we do consultations for people who want to freshen their menus up for, for restaurants, et cetera. We also do private events, corporate events. We do private classes uh, for like uh, workshops like or, or team building classes for corporations um, or just uh, um, people, bartenders who want to improve. So we do a lot of specialty stuff. So if you want to learn how to um, different smoking methods for cocktails, because that's really popular. There are several yeah. different ways to smoke cocktails. And people are usually just familiar with throwing it into the box and smoking the whole cocktail. There are other ways to do that. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, molecular gastronomy, you know, making the little spheres or, you know, the foams. And that's interesting, too. So uh, we do special instruction on that. But the bread and butter of our business is uh, doing private events like weddings, mm-hmm. like private parties, um, things of that nature. Um and what's the best way, like for you? Because I, I know a lot of people are thinking about moving that way, um, mm-hmm. especially in today's climate. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of less jobs out there, right? So, what's what's the best way to get your name out there as a business to be known as um, a uh, like the for BTG to get booked for regular parties? Because I mean, I imagine in LA the competition is pretty fierce. Yeah, it's 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 uh, extremely competitive just in the private catering business in general. 
um, because you're also fighting with uh, the caterers that do it all, you right. know, the one-stop shop. So there yeah. are caterers that muscle us out because sometimes clients will be like, I don't want to deal with like calling all the people and, and hiring. You have to really uh, set yourself apart. Um, and I think with our, the digital age we live in, um, the best way to do that is through um, like social marketing, mm-hmm. just like everybody else, you know, and, and it's even more powerful now than it ever was because not as many people are, are running out and doing a lot of events. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like your digital resume. Right. You know? What you see is pretty much what you get. Well, you do a good job with it because I know uh, when we first reached out to you um, about being on the program that you you sent me a couple of videos about new cocktails you were doing. And it's like, yeah, you, the way you put it together, the presentation, you're doing a great job with that. So would you say that's like the vital part of getting your name out there? Um, yeah, I think social media has been everything. And, and unfortunately, the the evil, evil empire of Yelp also, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that. I think we all fuck have. Yelp. I know. I, I'm with you, man. I'm yeah. with you in the rest of the world, right? Or uh. the rest of the world, you know. But they are the the the, the evil empire that that you can't ignore. No, you, know, you know. try to. I, even I, like Yelp is so powerful. Even though I hate Yelp, it's you know when you're looking for a new restaurant, you're like, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you try so hard not it. to you go just, there yeah. because it's such a powerful search engine you know uh, just no. like it, it looks up like you could you have so many ways to look up a restaurant like the newest restaurants the hottest restaurants but um unfortunately even though people might say they hate yelp like they use it everybody uses yelp. Uh, i know they do you know and and it's just um yeah yelp yelp plays a, a big part in uh uh search Engine optimization, if anybody doesn't know that, is just using key tag words for whatever you put up on the internet, the worldwide internet, so that when people search for a business, they'll be directed towards you. Oh, okay. Or something like that. So that helps mm-hmm. out a lot if you have a website. So I don't want to, I can go in like a full like like lecture and stuff, but I'll try to give you some, I guess, key points. I'm assuming for the people who are trying to break out yeah. in like the private catering industry. So um, one thing that I didn't think was really that important and, and you don't have to update as much is um, it's really nice to have um, a professional email, mm-hmm. you know, not, nothing attached to Gmail or uh, yahoo.com mm-hmm. because to some people, and, and I think people get it if they're in the business setting, it looks cheap because they know it's free. Right. right? It kind of reminds me of like um, the people that are trying to impress their friends at a, at a party, right? at an event, but then they, they break out a 1.75 liter jug of uh, vodka, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that reminds me of like 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 college, right? In, in high school, right? Like you go, nobody's going to notice, but people do, I, we notice. So every time clients, and some people, some clients just don't know because that's, they go to Costco, right? They go, oh, let's just get that because that's all they, they, they have there. Right? Yeah, yeah. They don't want to go to the regular stores, but it just looks so clumsy and you have to, you know, hold it with two hands and it just looks like the person's trying to save money. But right. same thing with the emails. Like if I get someone emailing me about potential business partnership or collaboration and it's at something gmail.com, then I don't look them at them as favorably because I'm like, you can't afford a website. Like you right. can't afford like a regular email. So just little things, little tiny deals like that, like can mean a lot to a person, just little things. Then it just adds up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for people who are really like uh, it just it, Instagram's important too, but it's it's good to have like a a, a permanent website, mm-hmm. you know, just to, as an anchor. I mean, you don't have to have it all fancy, but just to have some kind of permanent website because it kind of establishes yourself, in my opinion, as like a real business. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you said that because I'll find, even in my own business, I'm surprised all the time about how many people actually go to the website. And I'm get, I've gotten really bad at like updating it regularly enough and for when we do something different, right? And I, it's amazing to me how many times people will be like, well, your website says this. Like, cause for me, I never go to anybody's website anymore. I'm just like, oh, go to their social or whatever, right? But you're, I'm constantly amazed by how many people still go to that anchor that you're talking about. Yeah, um, and it's it's a, a lot. I'm surprised too. Like when I one of my friends just he's a web developer and he's just like you should have one. I'm like, but I have Instagram. But then yeah. I'm actually shocked at how many people contact me through the website. Like a right. lot of people because we have an autofill form and people contact me through there. And and plus the website is kind of like a, a blueprint of everything else that you have to offer on the web. Like 
it has uh, 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 all my videos there. It has a lot of pictures and like uh, offerings and pricings and, you know, people, I mean, it's just a one-stop information webpage that people can look up without bothering having to look up everything else. And also when people on your website, there's no competition, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're on Instagram and, and, and Yelp, especially you're bombarded with competition, right? You know, like, right. Oh, we recommend you look at this too, or, or there's going to be like other people that are recommended, but on your website, it's just standalone. Yeah. And people can just navigate it like its own little microcosm of just your offerings and what makes your, your company so special. That's interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but that does make a lot of sense. And you're now really convincing me that I should be fucking getting more on my website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can also piggyback like merchandise off that. I need to do that right. too. Like, you know, yeah. there, there are a lot of like people out there like chefs and they have their own, um, you know, they, they have uh, the affiliate uh a sponsorship click ad links where hey i use these tools and you can get them on amazon or this website and they'll kick you back a few percentage points so that's another good right. way of of, 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 of the, the power of social media you could you could uh, um you could make money um through that without putting a lot of effort you know if once you once you get a decent following mm -hmm. um so but yeah aside from um the website uh social media get your presence on everything you can because your name's going to pop up more mm -hmm. you know um i even i have i'm on like other um websites where uh like gig salad and um which is a, like a, a, a like a, a website where you search for different um, um people in the catering industry or the entertainment industry and you have like your own profile like like facebook you know put oh, pictures okay. and videos and then people can rate you mm -hmm. you know um and, uh, you know, like, so that, that's another option. Like, uh, uh, so there are a lot of websites like there. Um, and uh, also, you know, the most powerful right now for image and video is um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't know one single, like, non-successful person in the, the catering industry that does not have their own Instagram. Right. You know, and, and people, I mean, people see it and... Um, you know, the, the, right now everything's image driven, but we've moved beyond the images and then the, why you see so many videos on our website is, uh, you know, and it's proven with research um, is videos attract more attention, mm -hmm. like a lot more attention than just a static picture. But, you know, videos, in, they, they take a little more work, but I right. think people appreciate the, the finished product and they're just more dynamic, yeah. you know, and, uh, and here, they, I might get into a little controversy, you know, sorry for people who are Instagrammers or people who do stuff. But, uh, <laughs> I think, um, uh, you know, uh, we, we do a lot of like videos and I sent you some videos where we, we collaborate with, with uh, some of our sponsors, like different alcohol companies. Mm -hmm. But like we do like the like really special cocktails because sometimes we do like what I like to call halo cocktails that are similar to... Um, like uh, the conceptual cars for like a car company. You okay. know, they'll, they'll, they won't be released to the public, but it shows you the best that they have to offer. Uh, and they'll yeah. implement certain technologies into their, their regular cars or their upcoming vehicles. So like you like when, when I sent you the snow globe cocktail, right? Yeah. There are elements of that that we can use. So we, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to always push the limits. So we, we get a lot of um, inspiration from baking and con the confectionery world, right? Cause they do so many things that you could actually add as a garnish and there's some amazing things they do with with the the gelatin and you know the um so we made like a and we they, we've already seen that like trust me if you're already if you're not copying other people that you see on on youtube or instagram or pinstagram or uh, pinterest then you're you're not doing your research because no, we uh, get 100%. a lot of inspiration so what was i saw a cupcake snow globe cupcake and i'm like Oh man, that'd be awesome on a cocktail. I don't know if that's possible though. I'm gonna try. Mm -hmm. So, so I just I like the power of the internet. You know, I, I learn a lot of this stuff on the internet. People always ask me, "Where did you learn that?" I'm like, I hate to say it, but just like everybody else, there's YouTube. There's there's there's. No, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I always say this to people when like when people talk about oh craft cocktail and like I hear people like oh they just ripped that idea from here or whatever. And I'm like, hey, newsflash, all of this is ripping an idea from somewhere else. Like. It's just like it's just like music. Like 
Nobody's yeah. nobody's creating a completely original song anymore. You've maybe heard a song, found some elements that you like, and developed a new song out of those elements that you enjoyed and expanded on it. It's the same thing we do with anything creative, I think, honestly. Any any form of artwork, and certainly creating cocktails falls into that category. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and you know, you you just and, and I think it's more like um you, you pay homage to whoever you, you got inspired from and then you make it your own. Mm-hmm. right you make you exactly. put a little tweak to it and so um with us like uh it, it but it's never i found out also like doing this for a while like it's never as easy as it seems on on youtube or, no. or, or <laughs> never ever I easy <laughs> i wish they would just put a disclaimer like well you wonder how many times they fucking filmed that video before they got it right too. exactly <laughs> and that's why i hate images because they don't yeah. tell you the whole story on how many times they messed up right yeah. so like I just, it's just a little thing about, uh, so with, with this, um, with this snow globe that the shell, right. It's, it's, it works. It's a beautiful idea. You could kind of, you could mass produce it, it, but you blow a balloon and you make a mixture with gelatin right, and some water and then, and you have to coat the balloon. Right. And then, um, but you have to like put, um, like some, some kind of like oil on the balloon so that the, the gelatin doesn't stick. Right. Mm-hmm. All these recipes called for, don't put too much grease on the balloon or else the gel won't stick, right? But you need that. So uh, I, I followed the direction. I said, don't put, just put a little bit so there's a little bit of shine. I did it. I swear, I thought it was impossible because the three straight days, I blew up like 30 balloons, which I haven't blown up a balloon in like a week. I thought I had emphysema, for God's sake. I thought I was, I thought I was dying. I was like, what is going on here? Like, So I was blowing up these balloons. I thought I had to go to the doctor or something because I was like almost passed out, but you know, I got through it. And, um, and they kept sticking. And then I realized these were wrong. These people were wrong. You have to really code it very well. So I had to do actually, instead of two or three codings, I had to keep coating over and over again so i've ended up in putting like four or five coating letting it dry and then doing it again finally got enough so that it wouldn't stick but the end results were, were really beautiful um it's our newest video right now if anybody wants to check it out on our instagram um, yeah please uh, i i strongly just to interject here i strongly recommend you check out um the btg uh, instagram because btg bartending instagram because it's fantastic it's fantastic your videos you did an amazing job and you're doing some like the cool you're doing some really cool shit there and like i understand what you're saying maybe that's not what you're going to do with every cocktail at an event kind of gets what out there elements of what you can do type thing but it, that's the key like that's gonna what is, is what's gonna draw the eyeballs right yeah, it shows excitement and it shows, uh, and I wanted to show, like a lot of people, that's what I don't like about pictures because they, you show the finished product, Yeah. right? And I've seen some of these shoots, okay? Sometimes they take hours. Yeah. <laughs> one cocktail and then it's like, there was one, there were some shoots where like they, they had to get, uh, uh, they had to, to balance perfectly a garnish on the lip of a rim of a, a glass and it took hours and I'm like, what? Like, this isn't, this is crazy. So that's, that's why like I I went away from pictures because uh, I want people to understand that this is possible. Whatever we do in our videos, it's possible. And we constantly get, I know it might sound like, like BS, but we constantly get like, you know what, what we see on your Instagram and your pictures, we actually get in person. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's why I put out those videos. Right. They're like, but every time we see that we've hired people, we love their Instagram, but it's not the same. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, like, that's why we charge a lot. Sorry. You know, (laughs) because, because I I just want people to know, I'm like, I tell people when people call us, I always tell people, and look, I'm not trying to pull like a Kanye West moment where like, I'm so up in my head that like, trust me, I, I understand that what I'm doing Sorry for all the people who put themselves on a pedestal, but I'm I'm making drinks. Okay. Yeah. I'm mixing liquids and ingredients together. Yeah. I'm not saving the world or right. or you know, I'm not doing anything like that. Or I'm not a rocket science. It's not mm-hmm. a rocket scientist, but I, I I'm putting out a product that I think is is superior and I'm really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I'm fine with like sharing that knowledge with the people. People contact me. You know, and, and I'm willing to meet with them or, or, or show them it's not a big deal, but um, because everybody needs help. And I always firmly believe that you won't ever appreciate the help you've received in life until you get a chance to help other people in a meaningful way. 
So uh, when you're um, when you're you're talking about like uh, when somebody calls up to hire you and they're saying, oh, what we see on your Instagram is actually what we get at the party. How does that mm -hmm. work when you're developing the relationship with your client? Uh, they call you up or reach out to you, however they do it, and uh, they say, "Okay, we're having a party." Are, are a lot of them being like, "Oh, we want that cocktail we saw on your Instagram, this one, the one you did with the balloon or whatever," or is it, or is it more like you sort of have a package that you offer? Okay, well, okay, so this is um, a part of uh, sales and marketing, right? Yeah. So, you know, you'll you'll hear this is the old saying or the old adage that uh, uh, you don't make money, you make friends, right? Yeah. So you make a relationship, right? So what I do, and I tell everybody, all my bartenders, if they're talking about the company, and 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 especially this goes even back to just straight bartending, right? What do you do when when I when I when I teach my classes, or especially people who want to get better at bartending? I always ask them, what what is your role? What is your primary function when you when you serve a drink to a person? And I tell them, like you're a storyteller, mm -hmm. right? Even one cocktail. The you know you're telling a story or like the way I I like to approach the cocktails right it sounds like ridiculous right it sounds like there's some kind of like crazy like like meta thinking kind of going on but it's not it's just when you sit down and you hear when people that's why you don't say uh, when people say you want to drink people call them mixology Quite. I'm putting quotes like yeah. with the two four fingers he's got the air quotes going uh, I hate, I hate <laughs> I just, I don't like that word, right? Or mixologist, right? Yeah. It just, I don't get it. Like a mixologist, like it, for, to me, it sounds like, for lack of better, really douchey. Yeah. Me, right? like, <laughs> no, I, know, I, it sounds like beerologist or a PhD or something. Yeah. Like, that, right? like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. You, but I, then you, but it's a buzzword. And it's, it's a necessary evil because people, the, the, the public is out there. Oh, mixologist. Okay. That's another tier. Right. I'm not just a bartender. Like we get, you're not a bartender, you're a mixologist. And That's I'm right. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, we get that. We get that a lot from our clients or or, yeah. or guests, right? And I'm like, look, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever makes you feel like you want to tip us more, you be yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's right. Week, okay? yeah. Mixologist, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> mixologist, whatever. Or they'll say you're you're an artist. It's crazy how yeah. people yeah. will like like will will describe the the services and. Um, and I think um, you, you you tell a story. So even on the phone, you're weaving a story, and then that's why people like to watch. Like we, where like people get shocked at how many people stay up at the bar, not just because I think we have great personalities, but like people want to watch. Oh yeah, literally people will be videoing, and I I never get I always get a kick out of it when people video, and they always want to video, and and they 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 want to ask you questions like why did you put that together? Why did you mix? Like for instance, like. You know, people get shocked when we when we use um, dill in our cocktails because mm -hmm. people usually put dill with with savory ingredients like, um, right. like fish or steak or something. They're like, "Why'd you do that? That's crazy, right?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna mix this with blackberry and pineapple. What do you think about that?" They're like, oh, "I trust you, but it sounds yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll do yeah. it, right?" But then yeah. they're like, "Wow, I've never thought of this. This is amazing." And then they'll just want they get. I can't believe how mesmerized people get. And then, you know, but the same thing when people call in. Um, you know, you you creating this relationship with them, and, and and for some people, it's it's hard to think about, right? How can I create a relationship with this person in the span of like ten seconds, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like when some people can judge you by the first meeting, by the first two seconds into the handshake, mm -hmm. right? Same is true over the phone. You know, they they want to see, they want the, the inflection of your voice, the words that you use, how excited you are, because people can kind of see like your your. Um, you know, they won't see you visually, but they can see if you're excited, the passion in your voice. Because mm -hmm. people always say, well, I could hear the passion and that you really care about it, right? Right. And then I'll just tell them a story. I'm like, okay, well, what what what's your favorite cocktail? Right? Like, um, so so uh okay, what would be your favorite cocktail? Let's just pretend like okay. Well, I, I am a proponent of the black Manhattan. Okay, the black Manhattan. Yeah, okay. Um, that's your go-to, right? Yeah. Now, if 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 you were going to hiring a service and you could get the black Manhattan in your favorite place, right? Mm -hmm. Like what what what's what would what would be something that like is really exciting for you to try out at a private event? You know, because people always go, I like this, but I want to try something like different that I've heard of, but I'm not really like I like this. I want I want to play with this. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like 
I mean, for me, it's it's a little harder question to answer because I've been in the industry for so long, so I kind of yeah. know. But like, I get where you're going with like a, like a, an average clientele who who's who maybe doesn't have the kind that kind of experience where you can be like, okay, yeah. so this is what you. So I see where you're going. You start with what is your go-to cocktail, and then that is already opening your mind um, as to what you can play off of that to create an experience for them. Is kind of what yeah, I because it it opens up the memory to something that puts them in a good mood, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, oh man, that, that I remember this time when I went here, and it's amazing, right? right. And you know, and then um, and then I'll talk about it. like, oh, you you like the oh, I went went to the, I went to uh, I had this great mojito, you know, and then I'll be like, oh well, what was in it? Oh, it was, it was lime and, and mint. But I'm like, but then I'll just say, well, I mean, would you be open to other suggestions with the mojito, mm-hmm. right? And then they're like, well, I see mojitos that as an open palate, you could add other fruit to it. Right. right. You could change the sweetener. You don't always have to add sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you could change the sweeter. We could make a syrup for it. Like one client loved lavender. Right. Love the color. Right. Love blueberry. Right. And I'm like, why don't we make a lavender syrup for you mm-hmm. for your mojito? Right. And instead of lime, let's use lemon. Right. Because she liked things sweet and, and Meyer lemon is a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. And we made a, a, a lavender a syrup and we muddled fresh blueberries in there. And she was really ecstatic. Right. And then, you know, um, like things like that. And then they get really excited and you just take them on a journey. We could do this. You know, you like blue. Let's add um, um, let's add edible butterflies printed on rice paper. Right. right? That are purple. <laughs> and then they just boom, boom. And then I'm like, well, I could tell you everything. Just check out our videos on Instagram. You can see it. You could see us in action. Those are all cocktails that we, we just make on the spot usually. So you were saying that um, a lot of your ideas often just come from just research on the internet, YouTube, whatever. How what got you into bartending in the first place? I'll be honest, like I was never really interested in bartending. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, I just um, I uh, I taught I I, I just I, I didn't know what to do because I did a, a stint in in Prague on a teaching program, teaching English, and then I came back and. Um, you know, I did nonprofit and how long were you in Prague for? I was there for about three months. Okay. See, if I had spent three months in Prague, I would never come back. That city is so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it it was, it was a a lot of fun. Um, and this, this was back in 2004, like I'd I'd probably, I'd say 2003, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I graduated and I didn't know what to do. So I, I never had the opportunity to do the abroad program, which I suggest to everybody. Right. The other opportunity in college, that's the cheapest way to travel, the best way, the more, the most time you'll ever get to travel. But I, you know, I was like, with like a lot of people, I had to work two jobs and to pay for school and I had to do my own thing. Right. And mm-hmm. it was, I don't, I won't take anything back, but I just, I was like, maybe this is a way for me to travel and also to learn what it's like to, um, be immersed into the culture, not just be a tourist. You know, I just wanted mm-hmm. to make friends and stuff, but um, yeah, I just, it just didn't work out, you know? And, and uh, um, so I came back and, and um, you know, I just, uh, I, I wasn't sure what to do. And then, you know, I, I actually went, I actually went to like uh, graduate school and I just did a whole bunch of things. Like I went back to UCI, which, you know, for all the people in Orange County, I went to University of California, Irvine and um, I did a um, internship uh, with a sports medicine program there because I thought I'd be a trainer and stuff. Yeah, but, I feel like I, from a Canadian, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Cal Irvine a big basketball school? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is a big school. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. there was a point where we did were really successful, and I, I like honestly, I've I've done almost anything and everything you can think of just because I, I like to explore. I think it's a good uh, mm-hmm. like a, a, a curiosity is 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 a good characteristic for a bartender or anybody in the creative industry uh but yeah i just i i, I just you know i, I did the, what everybody else well almost everybody else did in college i i, I joined a fraternity right. and, I <laughs> yeah. and i kept thinking like you know and and then um i actually did uh, also did a, a a stint in korea and japan I, I i taught in the public high school or a public high school in japan and i taught in the elementary school system in in korea and i was about to start grad school um and then i also did I also uh, uh, did a grad school in psychology too, but then my stint in, in Japan kind of ruined that for me because I couldn't stop thinking about traveling. So I switched over to um, uh, to uh, uh, education and mm-hmm. teaching English. Um, so I, uh, I, I, I did uh, one stint in, in Korea just to figure out like what grade I wanted to teach, you know, because right. I taught adults, I taught 
uh, high school students. And I want to say, can I handle teaching kids? Right. Yeah. I don't hate yeah. kids. Yeah. I don't hate kids. Okay. But they're like, they're, you know, they're, they're they, they have their time to play sometimes. And yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I lasted, for, I tell people I lasted for two years. Okay. I taught uh fourth, fifth and sixth. Mm. I love fourth, fourth grade, fifth grade. No, not really that great. Sixth grade was kind of the worst. Cause they're kind of like, you got the, the, the man child's because mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. They're kind of just on the cusp of puberty, but yeah. they're kind of babies. And then they get, they have a lot of little angst and I don't know if it's just repressed hormones. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It's just horrible because it's yeah. sixth grade. I, they still have to, um, and this is the, 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 the system in Korea. They, they, they incorporate a lot of um, um, audio visual and a lot of kinetic learning. So they had to do like singing, which I didn't want to do, but I felt uh... bad for them, but they had to sing in with English and Korean and in and, and some you know, and I teach English, so that, that like sometimes movement and singing helps a person learn the language right. better. Right. But I had to do that, and then I came back, and I had four months to, you know, two months before grad school started. I didn't know what to do, so I was like, I was just trying to find ways to fill up the time because it was really boring. So I was like, why <laughs> not do, why not do a bartending program, right? Like two week bartending program, you know, where you mix fake water and and right. you just you get an idea and you have to memorize two hundred drinks or so and i i it was fun like but i just kept thinking like oh i go to parties and you know it'd be fun to try to help out and you know like just just have fun and you know be 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 the person like oh mike knows how to mix drinks and then you know just just to have fun with people right mm-hmm. i at that point like i barely knew the difference between red and white wine i'll be honest with you <laughs> like, i'll be totally honest yeah. i had no idea and like i i like i was like oh like Soco, which everybody knows, and everybody has the horrible relationship with in college, you know. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is whiskey, right? Oh, this is great. This is whiskey." I was like, "This is my mind. Like everything right. was everything was Soco and and um, oh, what is that? Jose, that yellow Jose Cuervo gold, that disgusting. Oh, you know, I mean, that was that that made up college, <laughs> yeah. getting destroyed, and then beer, right? Yeah. Caps beer. Well, it's not that different here. You just add Jagermeister, and that's the only other ingredient that goes into. Yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> I had no, and that's where I start. I was like, and then I was like, well, I'm actually pretty good at this. And then <laughs> I was like, well, why don't I, you know, during grad school, um, um, you know, I just got really into it because, you know, I don't, I, I don't tiptoe around anything I'm interested. In. I go head on. So mm-hmm. I did everything. Like I did, I even in during uh, grad school at Cal State Fullerton, um, in between classes and this is a way for me to exercise and wake up is I used to practice flair bartending because right. there are a lot of grassy knolls everywhere. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and then, yeah, there's a lot of grass area. And then that's the best way to practice is on the grass. People practice right. on the grass. That's the best <laughs> yeah. place to practice. But yeah. I, 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 I used to practice like till they turned on the sprinklers late at night. Oh, wow. You know? And I used to ride and I, I recruited students and I cherry picked the best students who wanted to learn a little bit of, of a uh, flair. And I was at a good point where I was decent. Right. So mm-hmm. people who know nothing about Florida, they're like, wow, you're pretty good. Can I learn from you? And I'm like, yeah, you can learn. I'm going to try to start an informal club. I wasn't that good. I was okay. <laughs> so I cherry picked the best, most dedicated students to bring into like my little, like under the radar business, you know, cause I was only mm-hmm. going to do solo, right. Just say, Oh, I'm going to make some cash on the weekends as a grad student. And then my, my reputation kept expanding. And I was like, I, I'm going to start recruiting people. And those were students that, Cal State Fullerton. And then when I started teaching at Cal State Fullerton, um, it just kind of just expanded more even after I graduated. And then um, and then I was like, and then I I got really into it. I was like, started making my own syrups. And then I got into, um, and then the, the scary thing was like uh, the, the journey of a bar. And then you know this too, like you get, you you, you get in the, you you think of everything as what you learn in grad school. You have these families, you have the, the iced teas and you have the different margaritas. And then because you all see everything as a family, right? And then you go all these syrups and juices, but then it took me a little bit of time to get accustomed and, and comfortable with, with bitters. Yeah. Right. Everybody asked me about bitters, like, oh, bitters, it's just so confusing to people. What are they? Right. And then the best thing I could uh for people who are familiar with like really familiar with, with cooking and food, I just say, imagine them as like 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 seasoning salt, you know? Those are those are kind of like equivalent yeah. to what bitters are for bartending. And they go, Oh, That's I right. get it, right? That's you can right. take this. And this is like a little secret for some, for all you would-be or bartenders. If the bartenders already know this, but you can take the same exact cocktail, okay? You put a different splash of bitters in there, and it'll be a different experience for the, the person. 
for the, yeah. for the it'll be, uh, and it's shocking. It's funny that you say that. So my wife has started making her own bitters. Um, yeah. She's also a bartender. And she okay. has, um, so she's always like trying to advertise it on her Facebook marketplace or whatever. Right. Yeah. And like trying to write up a little write up for each of the bitters. And she'll be like, okay, so what, and she's kind of asking me because I have a little bit more bartending experience than her. And she'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what kind of cocktail would I put this in? Do you think? And I'll be like, I don't know. I was just saying, I don't know. But different tasting Manhattan, like that's because, like you said, yeah. it's like the cocktail doesn't matter so much as much as like it, the bitters is flavoring a, a, a like a standard cocktail in a unique way, rather yeah. than rather than almost building the cocktail around the bitters. The bitters is like you say, sort of the seasoning at the end of the cocktail. Well, I, I usually tell people, and then people who ask questions or students, I just tell people, uh, you got to experiment. Yeah, you just got to you got to, and then and that's something that. Um, that I tell, well, and then I think people who are into cooking too, you got to experiment. Like, and then you, you've heard about my problems, my difficulties with following recipes too on, on YouTube or, or Pinterest or how to experiment and you got to get out there and just waste a lot of ingredients. And sorry, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just experiment with bitters. You got to experiment. Like um, one day I was like, I had uh, someone sent me um, um, coffee bitters. Cocoa right. coffee bitters. And I had I had leftover grapefruit juice. And I was like, you know, F it. Let's just put it together, right? Because because mm-hmm. our our approach to bartending is, yeah, you, know, you you probably seen this too in the industry place, because like at a bar, you're trying to make money. So you're trying to upsell for more mm-hmm. expensive alcohol, right? But for us, like uh since we have to worry about it as much because we we just charge per service, um, we just tell people like our approach to bartending is most of the flavor comes from the fresh ingredients and mixers you mix with the cocktail, right? Mm-hmm. So from, from our approach, about 70% of the flavor comes from how we mix things. So um, so what you do with the, the bitters and the ingredients that you mix with it, that, that makes all the, uh, that, 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 that makes the whole flavor profile, the, ex, the experience of enjoyment from the client. So, and, and coffee and cocoa bitters, that's like a, a go-to combo for me with, with grapefruit now. And it's something that I was like, oh, some some friends are like, uh, that doesn't sound right. Grapefruit and coffee, what are you going to do, right? And I'm like, why not? Let's yeah. try it out. And it's it's a good combo. Grapefruit mm. and coffee bitters. It's just grapefruit and coffee. It sounds ridiculous. And, you know, it just sounds good. So I think for everybody out there, try out crazy different combinations of flavors. You might like it. You might not. That's the only way to learn. Don't just read in a book and go, well, this book says it's good, right? Because right. you don't know how many how many. How many cocktails I've seen on Instagram where I'm like, oh, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. You know, and, and Well, and that's the thing is like uh, I, I, we've all been there where uh, first of all, you have to uh, like, let's say you're trying to come up with a cocktail and just like, OK, I'm going to try this, this and this. You're probably going to throw out eight of eight to nine of the ten that you try to you get on one that sticks. And uh, also, uh, in addition to that, like how many of us have like created a cocktail by accident? Like you're kind of saying, like, like throw the co- coffee and cocoa bitters into the grapefruit oh accidental good flavor who fucking knew but you tried it like that's uh, like there's all of us have done accidental cocktails is where i'm getting at here it's like yeah. you know you've been just fucking around and you're like oh shit i didn't expect that to taste good but wow yeah i i think uh but just the, the the challenge to be like maybe um maybe you have an ingredient like it because sometimes like i used to do this in the beginning right i used to get some of my bartenders and i'd, I'd buy like over $150 worth of fresh ingredients, okay? And it'd be like a lab, right? Mm-hmm. So all my bartenders have a notebook, okay? And I'll be like, all right, well, right now, let's focus on basil, okay? Right. Everybody come up with cocktails on basil. And we'll spend like the whole day, and then we'll just write down our recipes, and then we'll just go around trying each other's stuff. And we're, we're, we're very honest, and, and we'll critique each other's stuff, but the best one wins out, and we'll write it down. We'll cross the other ones out. And then we'll go to the next one. So some people be like, oh, I have so many ingredients. Where do I start? Start, well, you don't have to do it. I don't recommend buying a whole bunch like that. That's the mistake that I ran into early on in the days where I was experimenting. Pick a few ingredients that you want to isolate and then play with it. Because um, with, with this, say if, say if we want to do grapefruit and, and cocoa and coffee bitters, right? We have the two things we want to work. So, okay. So everybody, okay, we're going to work with uh, grapefruit and then coffee and cocoa bitters, okay? And then here are all these ingredients. Because... The thing is, is you might have those two like that you want to experiment with, but you can add or subtract cocktails with that with the same like makeup, 
but it'll just add, okay, well, what if we add uh, like uh, rosemary to that? Okay, oh no, no, what if we add mint, right? You're just subtracting one thing out. Um, and, and, and just those little tiny, and you know too, just one little tiny thing that you subtract, even an ounce or half an hour, or even one little ingredient can change the whole balance of the cocktail. Mm-hmm. That's why I always tell people, don't go crazy because a lot of people want to buy everything, right? And yeah. they're like, oh, let's just let's just do everything and, and, and everything at once. But isolate a few that you want to practice with and then it'll make you a better bartender. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I always suggest. Well, the, uh, the other trick that people fall into too is they just keep adding shit. Like it's like, yeah. oh, it doesn't quite taste quite right. So I'll just add a little bit more syrup here or I'll add a little bit more mint or whatever. And next thing you know, you've got a cocktail with 45 ingredients in it and it just kind of tastes like every other cocktail you've ever had. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, you know, when we uh, like, you know, 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. you know, I used to go and it just, it's awful. You, you go, you go, all right, I'm going to get like this big 32 ounce cup and yeah. you go down, you go, you go, you go down the fountain and you you put everything in there, and then yeah. it turns black, and then it, it just tastes like sugar water or carbonated sugar. It tastes like shit, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. You've created something that doesn't really taste like anything. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, I'll put icy stuff on top just because, you know. Put yeah. icy, and it becomes like this, this abomination, this Frankenstein yeah. of, of, of stuff that used to be good by itself, and it turns into a, a crappy drink. Like I feel but, like almost like if you're getting past like six, seven ingredients in a cocktail, you're already you're already bastardizing it to a point of no return at that point. Like simp- keep it simple, stupid works with cocktails as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it, that some people will just uh, know their flavors, but that I think that only comes with experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why I keep telling people you got to experiment because, like, I know I have so many different. Um, flavor combination that's why we always tell my bartenders you're gonna have to learn that a lot of flavor comes from what you mix it with so keep these archetypes I, I call them archetypes in mind mm-hmm. right what goes with what so i know i tell bartenders some bartenders i'm like look uh you know citrus and dill that'll go good pineapple and dill okay you got two of those two go to there. mix whatever you want together with that um and uh you know and then even sweeteners. so at my events and i don't want to go off on tangent but uh, the one of the sticking points for uh, not a sticking point, but one of the uh, attractions of, of why people love to hire us is our ability to go off the menu, right? right? I mean, I've gone to really amazing bars, right? At, uh, like in LA and around the world, right? And I usually don't order anything off the menu. I always say, I want bartender's choice. Right. Right. And I want to see, and I want to see their whole out. What do they ask me? So I, and this is me doing research, right? I'm sure, sure. you go to other bars and pick up things. I'm always willing to, to suck up more knowledge, right? Fuck yeah. No. Yeah. So I always ask them, I, I'm just silent. I'm like, bartender's choice. And then I'm just silent. I want to see how they, what their process is, right? Because for me, if, if, and, and this is also like how I approach a, 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 a person that comes up to my bar, I go, hey, so, um, you know, like first thing would be, what's your favorite cocktail, right? What kind of flavors do you like, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm like, oh, well, um, don't tell me about the alcohol. What flavors do you like, right? Because the alcohol itself will only change the flavor, not as much as, much as the, like the juices you put into oh, it. 100%, I hate it when people are like, oh, I like gin. Well, that doesn't really tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they'll, they'll come in the, and then the, they go, wow, no one's really ever asked me that way. Usually mm-hmm. they'll be like, what liquor, what kind of liquor you want, right? And they don't, so we ask them like, oh, okay, you like citrus? And then one thing that I, I was surprised that I don't get asked a lot is, are you allergic to anything? Oh, right. And that's something that I hardly ever get asked. And I think it, it might sound like not important, but it is because there are some people who are like, I who are really allergic to and or don't like pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they'll seize one. up right it's big yeah. and a lot of cocktails have pineapple juice mm-hmm. if i didn't ask them you wouldn't want someone like like almost dying just because you put a little bit of pineapple juice or some kind yeah. of nut allergy that's right bad, so i think that's a bad look for your bar yeah or anything right <laughs> yeah. so like and then people really appreciate that right yeah they'll ask you you ask them and then the people really, and then people will appreciate so like, and then they'll also appreciate like, hey, how strong do you like your cocktails? Because some people really appreciate because you, you know, I'm, I'm crafting the story, right? Because they're yeah. in control, but they're really not. 
Yeah, right? and that's like, why you got you got to start asking the little things. Like you can get you can get it out of them in a few questions. Like you said, okay, the allergy thing is definitely important. First of all, but the flavor profile is more important. Like, do you like something yep. that's really sweet? Do you like something that's more savory? Do you mm-hmm. like do you like something that's exactly. booze heavy? Do you like something a little where you don't taste the booze as much? You know, like that. It, it's, and people, I think a lot of times, like you're saying the guests themselves don't know how to describe that to you. So mm-hmm. you need to draw it out of them in a way. Yeah. So, so a lot of times, so this is the way I teach and um, I'm getting a little, getting really bar nerdy. Yeah. Right? So when I, when I, Come on, man. You got your own business. You're already there. When I, when I teach cocktails, <laughs> when I teach cocktails, I, I, I think of a cocktail and I, when I think about concept cocktail or when a company calls us and I go, create a cocktail for our upcoming campaign. I'm like, okay, so this is the way I conceptualize a cocktail. I think of, Glassware, right? Liquid, garnish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are the three things I think about when I'm conceptualizing cocktail because they're all important by themselves, but they're all related to it. They all move in with one of each other's spheres, right? Mm-hmm. So glassware, you know, can change the whole makeup of a cocktail. I'm really Something glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up. I'm huge into the glassware. It makes such a yeah. fucking difference. Yeah. So sorry, I didn't yeah. interrupt you, but go no, on. No, no worry. No, yeah. no. And yeah. then. Glassware, and then, but the glassware is really important because then it changes the way you garnish it, right? Yep. Because a lot of people, okay, glassware, you can only garnish the lip of it, right? Mm-hmm. Not really, right? No. Or, like, say if you have a martini glass, right? You can't put regular ice in there. You could put like a little sphere, mm-hmm. right? You could put like a little cube in there, right? Sure. Um, but, but, um, and then, um, and then it changes. Okay, if it's just liquid, you could also garnish by adding, and you'll see this in a lot of our videos. Uh, one of our favorite things to use because it doesn't change the flavor and it's made with natural ingredients is the edible glitter. Yeah, well, I've been using that as well. Yeah. Like people love it. They get stunned. Like, and there's different ways to deliver it, right? You could have a little tiny spoon, right? <laughs> you there's also a sprayer that creates a mist. Oh, right? I don't that's know really about beautiful. That one. So yeah, check that out. Um, okay. there's a there's a mister and and it's great on video because people see it, it just looks like a cloud. Yeah, yeah. It goes over it. And one of our I mean, it's not really a secret, but something that we we use just by accident because you know Halloween and Christmas are the big days of the year where you're trying to experiment with with visual presentation, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we there's there's special companies that make uh, they have the the equipment for it. They make a, you know a lot of people use dry ice, right? Right. For special events, but we started using that for all events because of not just the visual look, but be, one, it keeps drinks cold. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time to sublimate, which is the process of of solid to to gas, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and as it's sublimating, it it keeps moving the ingredients inside the liquid, right? So you don't have to keep stirring it, right? It just and right, then right. every time someone takes a sip, it pushes the aromas up to the 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 patron's nose, mm-hmm. so they get a, a whole uh, a auditory, visual, olfactory experience. And then when you put edible glitter in there. It looks like it's pulsating glittery blood. Yeah, that's cool. Because it's yeah. constantly cycling. Right. Um, so that's that's one thing that that you think of, and then you think of uh, ice, right? Ice can also be as a garnish. A lot of like, we use ours and ice almost every event, right? And we have our stamp, and it's the whole process, right? It might take a little bit of time, and people go, "Wow, you have a stamp," and it's our brand, right? Our logo, but they don't care. They go, "I." That just makes it special. You put your stamp on here, and it's really special. And there's all they have spears for like the tall glasses. They have they have the little balls. They have cubes. We we do like right now we're doing a special thing just to trying to up the ante. We we're making a diamond uh, cubes with 24 karat gold and roses in them. Oh fuck! Wow. Some of our clients, yeah, some of our clients want the best, right? And yeah. it's visually gorgeous. So you're putting your stamp on the ice cube itself. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, a brass stamp. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I was at a show in Vegas once, and they had these. Um, I don't know how you're making your dimes. They had this like machine where you kind of like press down on the on yeah. like a. Is that is that the same thing? Yeah, pretty much. It's like yeah. a brass. I mean, you could buy it. Uh, that there you could. You can go on AliExpress, which is like a Chinese version of eBay, but you buy direct from the manufacturers. Right. And they have all these like different um, um, shapes. They have skulls. They yeah. Have so- even soccer balls. I yeah. Mean, this guy was uh, advertising. Like, he was right around the Super Bowl, and he was advertising like football shaped uh, ice cubes and like a lot of cheesy stuff for sure. But like, <laughs> but they did have like the diamond one, which did look amazing. And yeah, uh, he's probably charging way more than you know, just because he's yeah. Cut the middleman out, which is AliExpress for yeah. 
because they because you could put they they allow you to put your brand or stamp your brand logo and they they do mass quantities you mm. know you have to buy like 100 pieces or something like that right um but yeah so it's just and then you have the the liquid which you could change right mm. with with uh you know i'm sure you you're familiar with um butterfly pt yeah yeah so you could use that and people get excited plus it's all natural and another way to um to color cocktails kind of blue is uh spirulina Mm -hmm. algae extract but they may make a blue version of it as well oh, wow. um, and also taro root powder which is also kind of a purpley blue yeah taro root powder i was reading about that in like uh, i'm sure you've read that liquid intelligence book you got a lot of ideas from there that's or they use like a lot of nitrous oxide in cocktails and like but um uh, taro root they were talking about a lot in that book and i was thinking about fucking around with it but i never got around to it so talk to us a little bit how what that does to a drink it's just like it's it's uh that you they uh you could buy it on Amazon as well if you want anybody who wants to experiment with it it's it's just a powder and um it's it's almost like almost like the edible glitter that you you mix it up and it just changes uh uh the 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 color of the liquid uh whatever like purpley blue mm -hmm. without significantly altering the flavor profile of the cocktail mm -hmm. and this is why I like the bl the glitters this is why I like the butterfly PT. Mm -hmm. because i could add butterfly pt to like a little bit to like even like a uh you know i know sacrilegious but like a to a to like an old-fashioned you know turn kind of bluish on the top and and people like no you added um blue carousel it's disgusting but i'm like try it it's gonna taste the same they're like oh yeah you're right it doesn't yeah, and I think that those little touches, especially with doing what you're doing at like private events and parties, that's really got. I mean that that stuff is not going to go over quite as much at like a classic cocktail lounge, but it'll go over big at like somebody's house party for sure. Um, I think uh, for we get a lot of cocktail nerds who hire us. I oh mean, yeah, the phone calls are funny. They're like, "Well, I just want to let you know that I have my own bar. Oh yeah, these, these people have mansions and they're they have like." They have rows and rows of like Dom Perignon and stuff, and they have everything you could imagine, right? I've tried the best whiskeys at clients' places, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the perks, I guess. Like they like you, and they're like, "Ah, oh, try whatever you want." Yeah, so, that's good. <laughs> um, they just don't know because it's not out there, right? Mm -hmm. This is kind of in the world of of. So I, I, I like I think our approach is in, like is interesting that, um, why not be for us? It's like we're trying to set ourselves apart from everybody. Why not make drinks beautiful? Why not make them flamboyant? Right? Mm -hmm. Why not? Why, why not make them like really gorgeous? Where where people will get a drink and they'll be like, "It's too pretty a drink." Even guys will say that, right? Mm -hmm. Like for for old fashioned, right? Like um, we'll we'll use um, we'll we'll do like I like to use blood orange instead of regular orange, or if we use a citrus, that mm -hmm. is, uh, I like to use blood orange, and we'll use the beautiful dehydrated blood orange plain wheels because they look like stained glass. Yeah, right? they look good. Yeah, and then um, and then I'll put edible gold on top. Right, a sprinkle of uh, like uh, edible gold dust, you know, just because it looks all sparkly, mm -hmm. and then um, and then I'll uh, I'll put like you know I'll use the Luxardo cherry or whatever you know on top, and then you know I'll maybe flame it, and then you think like uh, or and then we uh, one of them we put um, like a like a little gold marigold flowers on top, right, mm -hmm. and you think guys would be like, ah, oh, man, that's a little too much, but they actually appreciate the presentation. Oh, I think that's are, true. Yeah. And yeah. these are people who've been to the best bars in the world. They're like, yeah, I usually don't. I never thought of cocktails this way because I mean, you know, I'm on the macho and I'm like yeah. classic cocktails. <laughs> and I'm, but but they 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 it's just something that we bring new and they're like, oh, I've never thought about having a cocktail like this. This is really different, you know, and and this is what I think we bring to we just we do like to blow expectations out of the water. And and they, these are some things that some bar owners have go, wow, I've never thought of this. I'm, I'm going to try to incorporate mm -hmm. this into our thing. So you never know. That's why like, I'm always open, right? Like, that's why like, I'm trying to see what people see on, on Instagram and go, that's only for Instagram. But I'm like, no, some of that can actually work mm -hmm. on, in, on a regular, like on the regular scene. And I try to incorporate that. And what you see is like, what you see in our videos. That's why I always tell people, watch your videos. Like right. these are real cocktails that you can have. Do you think that there's a limit to how far we can push the artistic uh, sensibilities of these cocktails? Or is it like like any other form of art that is constantly just going to keep expanding and people are going to keep, keep coming up with new ideas? That's a good question. Uh, where is the fine line, right? right? Because you have food art and just food that tastes good that looks really beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And for us, we push the limits, but we straddle line because whatever you see 
in our, our events, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not, I want to make sure that people understand that you can get the same cocktail. That's why I only put videos out. Right. right. So there is a, 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 a line there and I'll see, I, I seen people put like, like jewelry as a garden. So I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. What <laughs> right. is this? And then, but you'll see people because I don't know, like the, the, they'll see a phone like, oh, this is so amazing. I never thought of putting jewelry with diamonds and all this crap on it. I'm like, I'll 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 take that cocktail, but you won't get the garnish back. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. But I, I think that a, a lot of things are doable. You either have to uh prepare it in advance. Cause let's be honest, like there's some new bartenders that come on to my company. And and they go like, oh well, I worked at so and so, and I worked here, and then there, and then uh, the I think some of the worst ones are the ones that I bartended in New York, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh good, <laughs> I have cousins that live in New York. That's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I like that's good. Yeah. They're like, well, yeah. it's in New York, and you know things are different there, and I'm like, wow, this is great. So, uh, oh, no, it's funny yeah, even just, getting that in LA. Imagine what they're coming in our neck of the woods because it's even worse there. Yeah, like, not to yeah. anger people in New York. Okay, no. sorry, but I just I just get that a lot, and yeah. I'm sure there are people from LA that go to New York and go, wow, New yeah. York, thank you. Yeah, you know, yeah bow yeah. down, bitch. You know, like don't do that. But <laughs> but the thing is, with with our our thing is, it's hard. Like when people transition, because I've had bartenders work for my company that, that have a good pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. But I try to push with with one of our missions for our guests is the 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 number one thing about our service is the bartender's choice. So we'll have at any one event twenty or thirty ingredients. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can do it just because I, I think I had the experience and I, I've, I've spent like, just like anybody else, hours upon hours, there are days where like I get no sleep just because of it's fun experimenting, right? Mm-hmm. So there'll be like, a, uh, the, we'll usually have two or three ingredients on uh, the menu, which for all the people who want to do a private bartending service, uh, a nice touch would be have, have a printed bar menu for your guests. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't suggest more than two or three cocktails. It's only for us, it's formality, right? Because it looks nice. When you have a bar menu and people can look at it, it speeds up the line, right? Mm-hmm. And it just takes away the nonsense. But we put that just to get through like the rush. And then when it fun begins after an hour or so, we go bartender's choice, right? Right. And um when I've had bartenders who are very seasoned, they have 20 or 30 ingredients in front of them. They get shell shock because they're like, oh. Like, cause, cause when, with my experienced bartenders like that know how I run people come and like, give me a new cocktail different from what you, what can different from what you made me last time. What did he get? And then our bartenders like, I don't remember what I made him, but I'll make something brand new for you. Mm-hmm. You give me a bartender that could do that for three straight hours. Yeah. It looks completely different, completely different flavor profile, using different glassware, using different ice. And I give all the opportunities in the world for my bartenders to thrive because at any event, we'll have three or four different shapes of ice cubes, hand-carved, three or four different kinds of glassware, um, edible butterflies, edible gold, dragon fruit, all these exotic juices and, and, and ingredients. And I'm like, you say you're a professional, you've done this and that. I've seen so many bartenders go like, uh, yeah, and they'll freeze. just use the same thing. Yeah, they'll use the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I just, I have, that's why not a lot of bartenders come work for me because or I, like, I'm not satisfied because look, I'm not, this is not a normal bartending service. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know a lot of bartenders, even really experienced bartenders get, and you've seen the cocktails in our videos, right? Like yeah. a lot of people are like, dude, this is so gorgeous. I don't know what to do. Like, what, do I drink it? Or I take, they'll take pictures of it. But if all the cocktails look like that, for the whole three or four hours of service, different every single time. Edible flower, five different edible flowers. Mm-hmm. Can they can they consistently in their minds in a split second? And it's not like they have time to do 10 minutes ago. Okay, I'll do this. No, this doesn't look good. I'll take that. You have to make a cocktail in like 30 seconds. Boom. Can you make it garnish right? Can you make it really different? Can you use this cucumber garnish differently? So I'm always telling my bartenders, do your research. I meet up with them. I go, watch these videos, watch sushi chefs, right? They're the masters. At, at a garnishing right lime lemon i i can make a butterfly out of a, a slice a coin of cucumber mm-hmm. right and people are like how would you learn that i'm like youtube right. sushi chefs and they're like well sushi chefs that they don't make cocktails i'm like look at what they do you look at your next sushi plate and see how they garnish it that's gorgeous stuff that's that's uh-huh. a level that's next level stuff well that's i mean that's a really smart 
piece of advice, like start looking outside the world of bartending specifically, because I think sometimes we also get very tunnel vision and narrow focused on, oh, well, like you said, you wouldn't think about going to watch a YouTube video for a sushi chef because I'm not a sushi chef, I'm a bartender. So that's good advice. Uh, I'm Michael, you're obviously super passionate about this. It comes across huge. People should be checking out your service, definitely. Um, and, and absolutely check out your Instagram. You want to drop it one more time before we let you go? Yeah, sure. It's a, a BTG bartending, B as in boy, T as in tiger, G as in George, bartending uh, Instagram. And yeah, check us out. If anybody has any questions, I'm always available to chat and give advice or just to, to shoot the shit. Well, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. I've checked out your Instagram. It's unbelievable. And I think what you do is amazing. And like I said, I can't uh, speak enough about how your passion comes through talking to you now that we finally got a chance to do it. So thanks very much to, for doing the show. And uh, best of luck. Soon we'll all be out of this uh, COVID nightmare and you'll be back to throwing these amazing parties. Thank you so much for having me. 